With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And here we go. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to Viva La Cats, the Cincinnati podcast representing the 1012 Network. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we cover all things Bearcats every week. And we do review games live on Twitter spaces, uh, but we've been preferring it when they win. There's a lot of different things going on around Bearcats universe right now, and we can dive into all of them. But it is very important to share with you that we have a few changes around here ourselves. And that starts with the following, which is this new view where now we're vertical as well as new overlays. And there you have it. We have a whole new look, complete overall. We have switched over to a new platform. And uh, yeah, so this is our look now. So enjoy it. Um, it's about time it happened, but excited to get into it. And uh, we are paying for a new platform now, which means we are no longer cut off by 40-minute Zoom streams. And we have finally given in. Steve, I think it was about time. Uh, and if this said platform wants to sponsor this show and we can do it for free, then, hey, we are recording on your platform. Come find us. Yeah. Uh, but, Justin, it is great to not be restrained by the Zoom limits. Oh, I can yeah. talk for hours and hours on end. People will listen to me for four consecutive hours because they have to. They cannot. And five people just turn this off. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. We will not be that long. I promise. But. Like we said, there's a lot that's been going on for the Bearcats lately. And I think the best place to start, if you guys are now seeing this for the first time, off to my right, my left, screen right, my left, there was a massive, massive win over number 19 TCU at fifth third in overtime. It was an ugly game. It was beautiful. It was horrible. And it was amazing all at the same time. So many different ways you could describe this game. But in the end, the Bearcats pulled it out in the fourth game throughout their stretch of this gauntlet. Um, it just felt like it kept getting harder. And somehow, some way, they willed it at home. The crowd, I think, really pushed them into it. The uh, sort of six-man factor there, I guess 12th man, however you want to describe it, really pushed and uh, gave the Bearcats the edge they needed to bring it home at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, again, shout out to the students. Students really showed up again. Uh, something about playing those Texas teams at home, you know, it, people got really excited. But, um, <laughs> you know, they got a little flack for charging, rushing the court after that. We'll talk about it later. I just want to talk about the game first. 
Um, Justin, you had tweeted it while the game was going on. UC gave up 20 points in that first four-minute stanza of the game. And we were like, okay, so TCU is just going to score 180 points tonight. That's just how this is going to (laughs) go. And they scored uh, 54 points the rest of the way, or 57 points the rest of the way, including overtime. So, um, folks, if you've not bought into the West Miller defensive stock, keep buying because uh, number go up and it's going to keep going up. People keep talking about how good of a defensive team this is. And Justin, I do feel like it's a different style of defense than the one we became used to seeing under certain former coaches. It is definitely like a style of defense that wants to keep it low scoring, keep teams close. Mm -hmm. But when the Bearcats are able to provide that offense, it's no longer a 50-point rock fight anymore. It still gets up there into the 69s and the 70s, 80s of the world. So, And I think that can only grow as UC gets better offensive players into the system. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those things that is going to evolve, of course, we're going to go into some pretty nitty gritty detail of that throughout this episode, because there are quite a few offensive laws. Um, there is certainly uh, it's felt like there's always been somebody to turn to um, offensively throughout this stretch and throughout most of the season. There's always been one guy, at least in every game. Um, and I think we've still had that in all of these games, but it's felt like that selection that was very broad at the beginning of the season has started to started to pull in a lot more than we expected. Um, And unfortunately it's still the inconsistency from a lot of those scores as well. So you're having fewer guys scoring in volume and you're having those guys have hot flashes and cold flashes. And I think that this is just one of those things that we're going to have to weather through the season. It'd be great if we had CJ Frederick back, but like you said, the Bearcats defense is getting it done. And I think that made a, uh, a massive difference through this stretch of keeping so many of these games close. Um, you know, the TCU game, I think we could go into a bunch of detail on, but <clears throat> unfortunately the way the big 12 is, this was already a week ago. And uh, you know, that's number 19, but <laughs> I just want, I do want to say though, real quick before we yeah. move on, what a great win. Great yeah. to get like that. That definitely felt like for the first time in a while that, that building felt like that and mm-hmm. it was rocking good to see the bearcats get a win my quick uh, court storming point let the kids have fun oh i don't sure. care if the building has never been court stormed before it to me it does not matter those kids just sat through like a really tough football season uh yeah. and then some of them have not seen basketball beat a ranked team since they've been in school so sure. you know just <laughs> let let them enjoy it okay i mean Obviously, some of us know Cincinnati basketball history maybe better than those 18 to 22 year olds. But you know what? Who among us has not been far enough removed to remember when in college they were just going to do whatever their friends were doing? So, yeah, you know, shout out to the kids, man. Like they made it a fun environment. They made it tough and uh, they gave UC that extra edge they needed to really because there was again that TCU game, there was probably a couple points there near the end of the game where they could have lost again, and yeah. there's fans staying in it the whole time. Like, uh, and uh, we can go ahead and move on to the next game. But. You know what? No, no, screw it, screw it. We've got we've got the time, baby. We've got the time. You know, Steve sits here and is like, "Oh shit, man, it's already like ten o'clock. It's eleven o'clock here." But who gives a shit? We're gonna keep going. Here's the thing that I do want to cover before we move on from this game. Stevie made some great points there. I think one of the things that 
we would be we would be very wrong to not point out, which I think is incredibly important for this game, especially day. Day Thomas has caught a lot of flack this year for better, for worse. A lot of it can be brought on himself. A lot of it, I think can just be impatient fans, but the guy balled out in this game and he, at the end, just put it all together. I know that there's been so many just bad misses, just a hard touch at the rim does not have that little feather soft touch that really just puts it in the basket. Sometimes it's just blitzing and then it goes right off the backboard straight into the opponent's hands. They take it down the court in this game. At the end, he found that perfect touch in order to get some really, really incredible plays and clutch plays to keep the Bearcats in the game. You know, of course, we've had the free throw issue all season. He hit two clutch free throws at the end of the game to cement it, to put it on ice. Um, and, you know, that three that he had that in the corner that just gave the Bearcats that extra edge going into the end of, um, you know, regulation. I, I think it was awesome just to see that because that's really where that crowd felt like it was the full kick, full tilt energy that you expect from fifth third. That was what we want. And that's what we've been waiting for. And so, you know, shout out to day day for that. I think that was huge. Um, but again, John Newman also dropped a quiet 20 piece in this game. I wouldn't say quiet. I mean, he's pretty loud. He's on court. Like he's making himself known, but he dropped a 20 piece in this game as well. Alongside seven rebounds, which I think is huge. But again, that defensive presence, I think, really kept the Bearcats in the game. And you got a guy like Dan Skillings, who's just pulling it all together, just giving you that extra little edge. Everybody's kind of contributing here, um, you know, and you got some heavy minutes from your key guys. So I think that really felt like the system. But, you know, you look at what TCU did. It's we had the flip schedule, actually. This is really funny. I didn't even think about this. This is this is actually perfect. TCU played Kansas, then they played Oklahoma, and then they played us in that order. And then we played TCU, we played Oklahoma, and then we played Kansas. So we've had this sort of mirrored schedule. We're getting to see sort of the output from both sides. Unfortunately, we didn't do the same thing that TCU did to those same teams, but TCU was a very good team going into that game, and I think they're still going to be a quality team. They're definitely going to be a tournament team. Um, a lot of good things coming from them. So overall, very good game for the Bearcats, but that gives us a good transition point to jump from there to the next game, which was unfortunately a close loss to number 15, Oklahoma at home in fifth third. Uh, again, rowdy bringing the energy. It was a tight game. The Bearcats are in it neck and neck the whole time. And unfortunately turnovers here, free throws here. A couple of loose rebounds here. Game gets away from you, Steve. Yeah. Um, so I was skiing during this game and just uh, <laughs> got to follow some uh, just just again, like just from like the slopes. But um, two points real quick. One, jerseys were cool. I kind of wish they had just brought back the same the Cats jerseys, but new Cincinnati script. I liked it. It was cool. I'm the Jersey guy here. So well, we're both uniform people, Justin. Sorry. I don't mean to exclude you. Um, and second, Steve at UC uniforms, follow him. Um, yeah, I haven't been as active there. I got to step my game up. Sorry. Sorry people. But, um, something I want to bring up, but which also happened, um, tonight as, uh, before we recorded, um, Bearcats were down a couple times during the first half and were able to fight their way back. 
to a tie at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're the king, Justin, of being tied at halftime because I'd have to check, but we're we're pretty close to being tied at halftime in most of these games. I just had the TCU game pulled up, and I'm going to check. And hot damn, we were down by one at half. Uh, and yep. obviously, Oklahoma, we were tied at halftime. Baylor, tied at halftime. Um, and then Texas, we were down by two at halftime. Uh, and then BYU, okay, so we were down by seven at BYU. So that's the formula, Justin. We got to be down by more down than a big. And then, yeah, <laughs> start down, go up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that this is one of those games that, um, unfortunately, Oklahoma won the race to 69, and that just kind of capped it. That's how it goes. That's Not how nice. it goes in this league. But all jokes aside, um, you know, I think it felt like there was a lot of good things going. And then again, just the the turnovers, we, we kept them limited in this game. I wasn't too upset about that. I mean, fouls, I think, you know, we also had the advantage here. And I just feel like there were so many points where things felt right. The defensive presence was absolutely there. That's what was keeping the Bearcats in this game. But 26% from three. 63% from the line. Those kind of factors, like, I mean, you have 22 chances at the line. You make 14. What's the difference in the score in this game? It's two possessions. It's a four-point game. Okay. You know, you make a few more of those. You get up to 70%. You have a tie game, one-score game. It's just as much as, you know, I know a lot of people like to say that these kind of things don't matter or they matter way too much. It's just clear at the end of the day that you got to make these free throws. You got to capitalize on these things. You can't let some of these sloppy turnovers get past you and, and and just eventually start to take the game away from you. And I think that was one of the biggest issues that we've had all season long. And as unfortunately continued to be the issue is that even if you have great defensive presence, we had six deals and seven blocks in this game, which was huge. These other issues as annoying and consistent as they are, continue to be the problem that drags you down it's it's like a a, it's a cinder block tied to your ankles and it it just weighs you down and at the end of the game you're trying to get that last breath and you just go head underwater like you just cannot stay afloat and that's one of the things that i just find so frustrating is because it's not like this is new information for us this is something that we've said every damn week that we've come on this And, and it's it's not being fixed I mean, I think there's definitely been some progress in minute areas. I think the defense has locked down even more. But what you get out of that, you sacrifice in other places. And unfortunately, like I said before, when you're missing a guy like CJ Frederick, you're missing another one of those key veteran knockdown shooters who really can, you know, get the ball going, make some momentum. You're missing a guy like that. And some of your three shooters go cold. You got no three. If you get your bigs locked up, which has started to happen, I think people are starting to figure Cincinnati out a little bit more after a few games. You're you're kind of pinned in a corner. You know, you're running out of options. And of course, not every game is going to be Oklahoma. Not every game is going to be, you know, Kansas, where you're having some of these really tough out talent you type of teams. you're going to have to find a way to win some of these games and you got to change some stuff up and you got to work on some of these minute problems. If you want to take over and you want to have that last breath at the end of the game, because so far I pulled, I uh, put this up right after the end of tonight's game, which we'll hop to in a second, but through the first six games for the Bearcats, 
we're still plus two in scoring. We've won two games. We are two and four and we're plus two in scoring, which is honestly insane. Like it's that just shows you how close these games have been. The Texas game was a one point loss. The Baylor game was a three point loss. So two one possession games there. And then your game against Oklahoma was a two possession four point loss. And then Kansas, which we'll get to in a minute, five point two possession loss. So like you have so many close games, you got to take advantage of them. Yeah. Um, and Justin, we had a post in the hopper ready for Saturday, just in case. And I mean, it's, it wasn't just for Saturday. It's for our, whenever our next win is. And <laughs> we'll talk about that when that might be coming up later in the show. But, um, you know, the th- th- three things we have in the meme, and I guess we'll, we'll just reveal our cards now are shooting three pointers. Well, shooting, shooting three pointers, well, shooting free throws, well, and winning the rebounding battle. Um, you did not do any of those on Saturday. Uh, and then you None. also did not win the uh, points in the paint battle. Um, and something that just caught my eye just from looking at the, the box score um, mm-hmm. for the TCU game, we had 50 points in the paint compared to their 30. And we had uh, six threes. So follow, follow along with me there. That's 68. We had 11 free throws in that game, 79. We made one mid-range jumper, one in that TCU game. So that's, uh, I don't know, simple math there. But, um, you know, and Oklahoma's a good team. Like, no, uh, that's the the bad part about being in the Big 12 is that, you know, any other year we'd say, you know what, tough loss. Like, it's right. But it's a, it's, we looked good. But when you play every game against a team that you would consider a good loss, that moral victory thing starts to melt away a little it's bit. starting to fade fast y'all like yeah I, i've already seen fast. a couple of them on twitter tonight <laughs> about like moral victories are no longer a thing anymore and again like i said on our last podcast and probably the podcast before that think about where you were before the season started and after the 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 well i guess the fourth last game of 2023 because we played three more and then started the conference slate but Think about where where we were after that game on a neutral floor in downtown Cincinnati. Yep. Those two points in your Bearcats fandom. And think about the last <laughs> nine games now. Think about how much better they've looked in that stretch. Now yep. they're only five and four in that stretch, you know. But think about how much better they've played and how much better they've just looked in general. And, like, you know, they were picked up to finish 11th in the preseason uh, poll, uh, media poll, and you know they they're at that level right now in the standings. But there's just the eye test and the metrics are way better than any of us would have would have thought this year. So, yeah. and that's a credit to Wes. It's a credit to the coaching that he's done. It's a credit to the players. And we'll talk about why don't we just go ahead and get into the Kansas game right now, Justin? Yeah. You know, Dan Skillings goes off twelve first half points, finishes with sixteen. Um, that Kansas was able to bottle him up another game where, you know, you play a top 10 team on the road, you lose by five points. Maybe, I mean, you know, for if you hit that three to make it a 10 point game near like with less than two minutes left, I tweeted dagger, got no likes. I respect the fan base. Don't like tweets like that because, you know, I was, I was in my feels a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a, the, that was another tough game where, you had your chances to win and you didn't come away with it. And I I will say though, Justin, like maybe that's more of an indictment on Kansas that they weren't able to really put this game away. Kansas plays like 
their starters for 36 minutes a game and maybe throws in their bench for like five hey, to six minutes a game. So I'm going to let you keep running, keep running with this point, but I want to throw this in the Bearcats, uh, whoever it was, I'll shout you out here in just a half second. Jordan Gusky at Jordan Gusky mentioned that uh, Bearcats had 20 bench points at the half zero for Kansas. And then commentators, with four minutes to go, mentioned that Kansas had one singular bench point with four minutes to go in this game. Keep going, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they finished the night with two. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that's just uh, an interesting point. Um, but, you know, it, it's I, I wonder what it's going to be like uh when we look back on this stretch and obviously we've been having some fun with our friend Brittany on twitter uh who's been jabbing back and forth at us about uh bearcats basketball being good and she had that tweet put up uh you know it's like i'll check back in with you after the kansas game and you know went one in three of those games we can only beat teams with three letter abbreviations byu tcu guess who we play on saturday ucf so Hey, um, and so far the pattern, you win one, you lose two. You win one, you lose two. That's what to do next. You win. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> you, you just got to win the next one, you know. So, yeah. um, but here's the thing, though, Justin. Uh, again, down by 12 early in the game. Claw your way back to be tied at the half. Another great point about UC coming back, never being out of these games, never quitting on a game always fighting back. I love that about this team. And that's mm-hmm. clearly, you know, John, I, I would say that's probably John Newman. I mean, you know, West can coach the guys all he wants, but they can not be motivated. They, they could have laid down their sword real early in this game and just said, you know what, we're, you know, we're, we're in a top 10 teams environment in fog Allen. We're just not going to win and credit to them. They fought back and tied the game at halftime playing five V eight kind of tough. But um, they just—I mean, I tweeted, it was like two v eight. <laughs> well, yeah, and we probably ended up about like uh, seven for thirty in the second half from the field. Not going to get it done. But Jay Billis even said it on the broadcast. I switched back and forth between the radio and the TV. Credit to the Bearcats for staying in it when, when, with this second half, despite not shooting that well. Um, had a couple rough shooting nights. Uh, Dan Skillings was the only Bearcat to make a three tonight. Um, not ideal. And I, I do want to kind of credit Kansas a little bit just because again, they're, they're probably not the strongest top 10 team based on the eye test. They're getting a lot of love from the AP poll, despite the metrics <laughs> and the eye test kind, kind of being slanted against them. Um, they're probably getting a lot of love for that Kentucky win where like two, where I, I don't know. They were still talking about it on this game. So, yeah. so you know, and like Kansas just lost to probably two of the bottom four teams in the Big 12 in UCF and uh, West Virginia. And no shade on them. Obviously, the Big 12 is a tough matchup any night, night in, night out. But uh, it was always going to be a tough environment having to come back two, two days later after you just played a, another home game to travel out there and play a road game at one of the one of the best environments in college basketball where a team – the team has only lost 17 times at home in the last 20 years. Let's just call it what it is. It's the best home court advantage in the country. Yeah. Like yeah. it is. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's a really good home court advantage. Um, 
they've now won 65 straight games against unranked teams there, which, you know, they probably should have lost that one against TCU earlier this year if, uh, you know, the 8v5 thing didn't come into play again. But, um, Justin, I've talked a lot. <laughs> what were your thoughts on tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Once I saw that, it was like, what was it? A hundred. Phil Self was like 116 and 18 or some random ass 100 to teens number in records coming off a loss uh games at home like that's just i don't know what you do with that like yeah. i mean you just like it just goes to show how consistent a program like kansas is and i think this is one of those things to put in perspective as a cincinnati fan it's like we so badly want to be back at the top we so badly want to get there these kind of things look at i mean kansas like they're this is this is the unfortunate thing, and this is something we're going to have to deal with. If you're looking at the way Kansas has played this year, and you're looking at what they've been up against so far with those two losses to UCF and West Virginia, this is a slump year. Like, this is a down year, and they're still finding a way to railroad some teams, and they're still finding a way to fight and claw in this conference. And I'm sure by the end of it, they're going to be somewhere in the top three, if not top two, if not the one. I don't know how it's going to go, but I mean, there's still so much basketball to play, but this team is one of those, this program is one of those programs that is just one of those, you have to understand how different the culture is currently. It's not, it's not one of the things of the past, present, or future where you want to go, but right now where the culture of success is, Kansas has been in it. They've had it. They just won the national championship in 22 like, this is not a new thing for them. Like, they've been at this level for so long. And that climb up to that point takes a damn long time. And unfortunately for Cincinnati, after Mick left and the whole man who won't be spoken of phase went through, this program hit the hard reset button. So the fact that this program is where it is now, the Cincinnati Bearcats program is where it is as it currently stands and is playing these games tight and as close as it is with a roster that a lot of these guys played in the American. And then the other guys who didn't is all transfer portal. And yet they're still gelling enough to keep all of these games within one possession, two possessions when everybody's expecting you to get blitzed in most of these games. I'm really impressed with, I know people don't want to hear the moral victories kind of thing, but I think that's what you got to take out of this. This is the first season in the big 12 and they have far surpassed our expectations. I think we're going to continue to say it, you know, and if they wrap together a few more wins, I think it's just going to have to keep being the conversation. You're just not going to get up to speed with some of these programs yet. You're there. You're close. It shows that you can do it. It's just one of those things that takes time to build the consistency, to have that talent that stays consistent night in, night out. And I think it's tough, like I said, when you got guys coming in from the transfer portal, you got guys who are coming up in a level of talent, you have guys who are trying to figure this whole thing out. And then at the core of it, you have Wes Miller, who's just trying to stitch the whole thing together. It's not like this is just a you know one night kind of thing. Like this is just going to continue to be the case, you know, week in, week out for the rest of the season. And by the time you get to this next season, 26 27 28 you're gonna build up and you're gonna get to that point it's just right now 
you're going to have to take your wins when you can get them. And you're going to have to accept that right now, some of these losses are going to be tight. And that's just because a lot of these teams are going to out talent you. And I know we've seen the potential. We've absolutely seen the potential of this team. We know we're that close. It's really frustrating to watch this team for how good you know they can be. But that's the difference between a good team and a great team is finishing. It's consistency night in, night out. Those good teams and great teams are very different because of that one thing. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't do anything with it every single night, you'll be 500. If you do something with it every night, you can go win the whole damn national championship. Like it's just the separation between us and we do not have that consistency right now. Of course, Kansas is not the model of consistency as it currently stands this season. But like I'm saying over the course of the past decade of the past 20 years, they've certainly found a way to keep themselves in the conversation all the time. We just need to get back to that point. I think we're really close to unlocking it, but for tonight's game specifically, man, you're so you're so close and it's just that's the part that hurts so much is because i don't think kansas somebody's going to clip this i don't think kansas won this game i think cincinnati lost it because clearly they had kansas backed into a corner and they had kansas on their heels all you had to do was flip a switch and just shut them down because it was there for you to take and unfortunately you shot yourself in the foot because like I said, that consistency is just not there. We are not there yet as a program. We are not there yet as a 12 man, 13 man roster where your talent is good enough and it's deep enough to go through that. People talk about Cincinnati's depth, Cincinnati's depth. The pundits talk about Cincinnati's depth. We know it's there. We know the bench points are there. We know the stats are there, but the eye test shows you that it's still a very short roster when it comes to consistency and scoring. And even your best score, your best contributor of offense, Dan Skillings, can go hot one night and drop 24, 25, 26, 27 points. And then the next night, he can give you eight or seven. And it's just, we don't have that guy. We don't have the Landers Nolly or the David Julius that we had last year, but we got a lot of guys who can do a lot of things. It's just... Now we need to focus on the specialties. Now we need to focus on who can do what, who do we need when to close out the games because it's been different every game. Sometimes it's Seamus. Sometimes it's Day-Day. Sometimes it's Dan. Sometimes it's Vic. Sometimes it's John. Sometimes it's somebody, but it's never the same guy. And I think that, unfortunately, as long as you don't have that, it's going to continue to bite you in the ass. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. I love that you recapped that, Justin. Um I, I do just want to play this clip real quick from Seth Greenberg tonight on the halftime show. Uh, I think it just speaks a lot to what the national media is saying about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I love their, their attitude, right? They're not an opponent for the other Big 12 teams. They're c- competing to win, and they are going to win. They're going to be that single-way tournament team. Jayhawks scoreless in the final three minutes. I mean, I don't want to say that just yet because, uh, you know, it's been a while for us. We'll get there. He watched the first half. He watched the first <laughs> half. That's right. Um, but you're right, Justin. We are so close. But what I mentioned earlier and what the, the what some of the Twitter people are saying is also true that we are kind of out of the moral victory stage. We're already six. We're already a third of the way through the conference schedule, two and four. And, you know, it's it can get tougher from here. But I, I do love that this team has been able to stay resilient, get a couple of big wins so far. 
and really, you know, you didn't go zero and six or one and five. You you held your own. You won a couple points away from going three and three, four and two, five and one. I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. Um, one last point before we move on, Justin. Um, I've become an NBA fan over the last couple of years. Uh, I think it's a really fun league. There's a lot of like amazing talents in the league right now. So much fun to watch. Like we saw a lot of a couple of high point totals um, as we record tonight. But um, I want to clip this, Justin. And I hope somebody clips this, or maybe we'll just clip it ourselves. I think the Big Twelve is the college version of the NBA, just because here's the from the conference schedule standpoint. Okay. Back and forth games, teams are never out of it. The bottom team in the league can beat the top team on every any given night. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kansas's two losses were on the road, but still, you consider them a top team. Houston's gone on the road twice and lost. Uh, you know, BYU is up and down. There are so many good teams in this league. I think the only really bad team is Oklahoma State, unfortunately. And it sucks for them because they have a great like tradition. Oklahoma State, the Detroit Pistons of the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, but Justin, like, am I way off base with this take? No, I understand. Like, no, no, but like, I'm asking you, you're an NBA no, fan too. No, like, I, I, I off base. I agree. No, I 100% agree with what you're saying because it's true. It's like, it's not saying necessarily that, like, okay, the Big 12 is the pro league for that. But in the way that it functions, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. The top and the bottom, like, I forget who it was. And I think it was, I think it was our, our guy, Bearcat Matt, mentioned this the other day. It's like taking a segment of somebody's tweet that says, like, this is my Big 12 rankings, one through 14. And he's like, cool, two through four or two through like 13. Any of these teams can beat each other. And then the one at the bottom and the one at the top will remain. And it's so true. I mean, like, and I and I'd argue or, that came out weird. I'd argue that even that one through 13, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry for y'all. I mean go pokes throw your batteries if you want but damn man like y'all suck right now and that's just going to be what you're going to have to accept i'm glad that we don't look like them but they'll change and they'll get it better and they'll get it rolling again and next year we got arizona uh (gasps) arizona state uh uh colorado and utah with two another two good at least three of four of those teams are good I'm ragging right now. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off, but I'm just came to the realization. They are the Detroit Pistons of the world because Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma (laughs) state went to Detroit and they suck. They suck. Cunningham's dad's still on the staff there. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Cade coming. He's a stud. He's a stud. He's definitely a great player. I I feel bad. I I got to see him. He's a stud. Yeah. I I feel bad for Oklahoma state. I feel bad for the Pistons Uh, as a former resident of Michigan. I feel bad for the Pistons, but um, you know, they got the lions. It's just like Cincinnati. One team's up. Everybody else is down. So you're just going to have to accept it. But yeah, regardless. Yes. I think there's so much parody in this league. And I think it really drives home the point that the big 12 is the best league in the NCAA when it comes to men's division one basketball, like you just can't beat it. And it is again, any given night, it's any given Tuesday, any given Monday, any given Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Somebody can beat somebody. Somebody can pull off that upset that you're just not expecting that can blindside you. And I think the best part is the coolest part about watching any team, this league, because I didn't really do this with the American as much as I'm doing it now. You flip on one of these games and it's like, okay, cool. You know, let's take Kansas and UCF, for example. Kansas, UCF, damn. I'd love to see either of these teams lose. But holy shit, 
like an unranked team just beat a number two team at home and they handed it to him. And it was like, I mean, it was one of those games. It's like you're expecting that this team should get flattened and instead they come out on top. And I think that's just the coolest part about this league is anybody can do it. It's just, when is it going to be our turn? I think of course we've had a few chances with that so far, but hopefully we can start to, uh, you know, take down some of these big houses and let's, I'll put this at this and this will be our last point here on big 12 and the basketball and all that before we get our preview for UCF later, Steve, I need you to think about this. We are so caught up right now in the thought of like, oh, let's beat the hateful eight kids. Let's beat these just big 12 regulars. Let's beat the Kansas of the world. Let's beat Baylor. Let's beat Texas. Let's beat these guys on their way out to the SEC. If we sacrificed Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas and Baylor in our first year in the big 12, if we sacrificed all that to just slap fucking Houston in the face, I'll take it any day of the week. If that is the sacrifice that we took to get Houston, finally, after all these years of watching them beat us in the stupidest blitzed or just close tight game way possible, if there there is no team right now that I want to beat more than Houston because I've been sick of watching us lose to them year after year. And if this is a sacrifice, I'll take it because I think if I've seen whatever all the other stuff I've seen in this league, as we've just talked about, I think the Bearcats can legitimately do it because they they got Kansas this close. They got Texas and Baylor and Oklahoma and all these teams this close. I don't see why Houston's any different. And I think finally there might be a chance for us to do it. And I feel pretty good about it. I I love that. And by the way, I'm very excited for that Houston game at Fog Allen in two weeks from now. That is going and as I've been tweeting from our account, Justin. I hope you're okay with this. Anytime the Kansas fans come at Houston, and Houston, to be honest, has not backed up my belief in them by losing two games, uh, their first two road games in the Big Twelve. But uh the it was just so funny to see like Kansas every time like you know, all the every time Houston would be like a, a fine team or a mid major or whatever, he, all the Kansas fans would come out and be like, Yeah, play a real team, join the Big 12. And then I would come back at them like, I don't think you guys want this Houston smoke. Like, you as don't. someone who's played against them for the last 10 years, you don't. you don't. And then Houston goes out and loses to Iowa State and TCU in their first two road games in the Big 12. So, but I am rooting for Houston in that game. I do agree, though, if it's just a trade off. Just so we can finally beat Houston. I'm good with it. Like, I want to rain on their parade, man. I want to I want to ruin the whole day. Like, it's like, okay, Big 12, we came in. Yeah, man, okay. We got humbled by a few locals. Like, these are the guys who are used to it. We got to get up to speed. But then we'll get the train rolling. And then the thing will be moving good. It's, it's nice. It's working good. And then Cincinnati comes in and, uh, shit. Oh, my God. Cincinnati? They're the one that got us. The familiars Them? should know their whole playbook in and out. They're the ones that got us. I pray for that moment, man. I am so looking forward to it. I hope it happens. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's end on this, Justin. I, I have one more closing thought and then we can move on. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I want that to happen. And I'm hoping that CJ Frederick is able to help out and make it happen. 
I do think that, you know, we're close in these games and we just need that one shooter. And unfortunately, we're missing CJ right now. But once he comes back, I feel good about our chances to really, you know, give ourselves a little bit more cushion in these games and really match that deficit on the free throw line. And uh, by the way, they shot the ball pretty well from the free throw line tonight. Like I will say, in a raucous environment, they do that and suit it well from the free throw line. Like, what are we doing? You know, (laughs) but um, you know, it's, it is tough, you know, losing these games, losing these close games to top 10, top 15 teams when you feel like you're right there and you can win and you feel a lot better about the team. But again, I think, you know, I had some doubts about Wes Miller after a couple of games in the 2023 portion of the schedule, but man, 2024 has really given me faith and hope in his ability to coach. Obviously we know he can recruit, but I have faith in his ability to coach now. And I feel like that we're, we're just that one player away, that one contributor away from really getting this key rolling. Yeah. You know who else is one contributor away from a successful 2024? That's right. It's Charlie Hustle, baby. Charlie Hustle is looking for that one final contributor from the Big 12 to really just bring the whole message home. It's your one-stop shop for the Big 12. Minus Cincinnati, we're still working on it. Hey, Marty Ludwig, please help us out, brother, because we've really been adding you a lot and you're not doing anything. But... Charlie Hustle, proud, proud to work with these guys. Uh, They absolutely give so many awesome variations of so many different teams in the Big 12, as well as those other ones across collegiate sports. They are slowly building that up, and they've got a pretty good variety of options. They've got everything from your T-shirts to your long sleeves, your hoodies, your jackets. They've got some awesome merch. So if you're on the lookout for some new stuff, if you got some family members who are some Big 12 fans, Of course, us Cincinnati fans are running out of the honeymoon phase and it will be hard to purchase other Big 12 products, but we'll still do it because we love our friends at Charlie Hustle. Use the 10, 12, 15 promo code to get 15% off of all non-sale items. Again, that is 10, 12, 1, 5 for 15% off non-sale items. And that will be good as long as we keep working with them, which we're going to be. So we're very excited about that. And again, Keep plugging that, keep checking them out, and hopefully we'll get some Cincinnati merch in there soon. We're super excited about it. Um, and let's let's round out that Big 12 connection there, buddy. Come on, Marty Ludwig. Help us out, man. I'm going to at you, and I'm going to post this video. You're going to see it, and I hope you love it, and I hope that you make something happen because you're the dude. You're our dude. Yeah, Trading it's a headache. I will say though, we were just talking about like cheering for Houston and then hoping to beat Houston. They just released some uh, Houston hoodies last week that oh yeah, I almost considered buying. Like to be honest, just because man, they were they were some fire. So if I'm gonna be honest, I think the one thing that I would get from like if if there was one thing I had to like just drop and it's like all right, I'm gonna buy some other Big Twelve team merch purely for looks. Anything lavender K State, like it's just it pops, man. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. cool. It's it's, beautiful. it's just a match made in heaven. But enough on that. On to more things that don't currently exist. The Bearcats defensive coordinator. Where is he? Does he exist? We don't know. We're still waiting, and as far as I'm concerned, the clock is ticking because we have some guys who moved in recently and they don't know who they're playing for. So please. Figure it out. I don't know if it's Scott Satterfield. I don't know if it's John Cunningham, but somebody figure it out. Yeah. It, is this like concerning to anybody else but me? Uh, is 
has UC football fallen off of the radar of so many people now that we're in basketball season that we have completely forgotten that we're still looking for a defensive court. Like, okay, I get it. It's, it's been 10 days and, you know, we still got some time, probably a couple more weeks before spring ball starts. Maybe, um, well, usually it would start. I mean, when I was there, it would start a couple weeks before spring break, take spring break and then finish up um, with the spring game around uh, tax day. And I think that was the same schedule they kept last year. So, which makes me think they will do it again this year. So we've still probably about a month out from actual spring ball starting, but I mean, you got to hire somebody sometime. Like, I mean, and with our luck, Justin, we will release this episode and the day that we release it, uh, they'll announce the new defensive coordinator, but um, I don't think we got to, a chance to talk about it when Brian Brown left. Um, and I've noticed just just in like seeing posts that um, you know a lot of these uh, programs are hiring co-defensive coordinators now uh, and co-offensive coordinators, like just beefing up the staff as much as possible. And like that that just makes me worry about like how competitive UC can be, you know. And like we're we're still working on getting the Big Twelve money. We'll we'll get there eventually. We'll be fine. Um, but if like you know, Big Ten and SEC uh, programs are hiring two offensive co- like Ohio State just are, hired Bill O'Brien and made him the co-offensive coordinator with um, Hartline, uh, and you know Ole Miss has Pete Golding already, but they're like, you know what, we need another one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Alabama now has two defensive coordinators as well. Uh, it's just kind of surprising to me to see you know what is going on with like just the amount of staff that these other big programs are getting. And, you know, we were on the same stage as Alabama in the college football playoff two years ago. And I think, you know, if we got to, if we want to keep up and keep staying with those kind of programs, I think we're going to have to invest even more into the football program. And like, maybe it's a good thing that we don't have as many, crazy fans as Alabama. We don't have dudes like calling into Paul Feinbaum every day and like wondering about, you know, how our third string uh, cornerback is going. Maybe we have something else to watch other than just football, you know, but it's, it's like, is no other alarm bells going off for anybody else? Is this just me? I I don't know, man. I, I think this is one of those things where it's just the sort of January lull of, you got basketball only and football is just kind of like everybody's in that <sighs> and breathe. The season's over at last. Misery is over. It's all finished. The Bengals are out. The Bearcats are finished. I can finally take a breath and I'll care about football in about a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, when basketball is over and I have nothing to look forward to except for football starting in August and September. I think it's going to happen soon. I have a good feeling. I hope it's Lou Anarumo. It absolutely won't be, but I could talk it into existence. Let's just go ahead and get an NFL guy. Why not? Hell, make him the head coach. I don't care. I'm really just excited to see somebody get put in that slot so we have some sort of idea of what to expect. We have some semblance of how this team is going to react to a head co- or to a new defensive coordinator being hired. Um, and also how that's going to gel with a guy like Scott Satterfield. Um, and, and I think the really important thing to kind of, you know, grasp now is 
it's also one of those things where it's not you you could be Alabama right now and you could have just had your your guy, the guy, the the coach of all time just say sorry guys. I think enough is enough. And you could just be absolutely gutted right now. We got to experience that last year, but instead Alabama gets it this year and you got a whole bunch of head coaching kind of stuff going on. I think with defensive coordinators, I could be wrong. How do I best put it? They're replaceable. I think there's guys that bring good things to your system. There's definitely guys that bring an edge and an element. And there are certainly pieces that are important there. But when you have your head coach in your slot and you've got that figured out, you at least have some semblance of all those pieces moving the background. You just need that extra guy to kind of help give that. oomph. I'm at this point, honestly, I could not care less who it is as long as we win enough games to go to a bowl this year. And I hope that our defense still continues to be dominant in the way that it has been. And I hope that the big 12 is not going to be as big of a problem for us this year as it was last year, because I'd like to see improvements. Those are my points on a defensive coordinator. If you can make us look better, if you can make the whole system function better, and get us to a bowl game in 2024. I don't care who you are. Just sign me up. I'm ready to go. I just want to get back to bowl games. I want to get back to the part that matters at the end of the year. Even if you don't care about bowl games, man, I want that pop tart to come out and give me a hug, man. I want something, but instead I have to sit and watch other teams have fun. Give us something at the end of the year. Give us a good defensive coordinator. Give us somebody who it is that's just going to keep the defense at this high caliber level that it's been um, and keep bringing in the recruits. I mean, I think a part of that's on, you know, Scott, but I think a lot of that's going to be on whoever that guy is. And hopefully he's a good recruiter. Hopefully somebody in there. I don't know any of the names that have been floated around because I feel like it has just been such silence on the radar. Um, I'd probably have to check in with a guy like Chad or check into the, you know, the message boards and see what other random shit people are spewing out there. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too concerned right now. I am concerned that we don't have somebody. I'm not concerned about necessarily who it is. I think that's fair. Um, Justin, if, if I may try my hand at the Segway game, because you just <laughs> laid down two whoppers on us. Um, there were a couple of journalists that were concerned with the relevancy of UC's athletic department now that it is in the Big 12. And we should talk about their relevancy because they're playing another team from the American this Saturday. Like, are, are we just – did we switch conferences after this one one game? You know, why are we playing Central Florida again? Like, did they – like, did what, what's going on? Oh, wait. You're telling me that they moved with us to the Big 12. Um, So shout out to UCF, by the way. Like I said, we only beat teams. We're following some patterns right now, Justin. We win one, we lose two, and we only beat teams that have three-letter abbreviations, BYU and TCU. Guess who comes up on Saturday? UCF at home. Uh, This looks like it's going to be a quad two game for the Bearcats at home. the UCF is, you know, they did have that one big win against uh, Kansas, and they, they also caused an international uh, tweet <laughs> storm when they did the horns down at the Moody Center 
against Rodney Terry, who later celebrated him for who he was. (laughs) And then he celebrated the Baylor game, the Baylor win, like a national championship, jumping up and down. Um, By the way, Rodney Terry, you're not a very good coach. Um, And I'm sad that UC did not beat them because, man, like just the amount of butthurt that was in that press conference, I just wish we would have beat them, man. That that hurts. Midney uh, Terry or Rodney Mitt Mitty? Mitt Terry. Romney? <laughs> Mitt Romney. Speaking of BYU. <laughs> um, so UCF will will host West Virginia this week. Um, they are apparently an eight-point favorite tomorrow, according to bracketologists. Uh, and then they will come up and visit Cincinnati. Uh, UCF this year, uh, their metrics, they are 47, right? Sorry, 67 right now on the net, 72 in Ken Palm. Um, they did, like I mentioned, they, they beat Kansas and Texas, but they've lost to Kansas state, BYU and Houston. Um, and in the matchup of this game, the couple of things that I find interesting here, um, you, you know, UCF where, uh, they're not really shooting the ball that well from three, we're shooting better from them. Uh, and then, you know they we turn they turn the ball over a lot more than we do. Uh, we we have a better rebounding average than them, and you know the scoring margin is a little bit better than theirs. I do think though, Justin, that this is a must win, and here's what I'll say: we have to win this one because what did we talk about? You know when we started the uh, earlier this year. You have to win these games against these bottom three teams. You know you get five games against. West Virginia, TC, oh, sorry, uh, UCF, and Oklahoma State. You have to win this one on Saturday. A home game against UCF, you got to take care of business. By the way, I don't think I did as well as you. Um, I, I mean, I, I introduced that I was going to do a segue, stop, uh, which, which was bad. Stop, 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 stop. Here's the thing that we're not talking about. Yeah, they're not shooting the ball well. Let's just talk about this. UCF played Houston. Oh, it pains me. I could, oh, wow. UCF played Houston, and I just want to go into how they performed against Houston. This was record-breaking abysmal. UCF scored more points at the free throw line than they did on the floor combined. UCF went 7 for 44. That means 15% shooting as a team from the floor against Houston. I understand that Houston is a threat. I understand that they are a great team. But, dude, you talk about a must-win game. If you got a team coming off a game like that, it's a team that you're familiar with. You know their system. You know Johnny Dawkins. You know the whole gamut. You have to take care of business against a team who can perform like that. We've thrown some bricks up. We've had some poor shooting games, but we have kept a lot of these teams close. They scored 42 points against Houston. They set the Big 12 record for least amount of makes against your shots, the lowest percentage of shooting from the floor. They set the Big 12 record already. Like, that's just... (laughs) It's so bad, dude. If that's where they're at, and they beat Kansas, I have no idea what to expect. 
but I know that you're in fifth third. I know that you have a home game on your slate. I know that you're coming off two straight losses to top 15 teams and you got to get right and you got to do it fast. You know, what's a great time to do all those things against UCF. You know what you should be doing in those games. You should be shooting 70% from the free throw line. Get that stripe right, baby. You did it against Kansas. You can do it again at home on your own floor against a team like UCF. On top of that, shoot 30% from the three. Hell, I'll take 25. Shoot 30% from the three. And then while you're at it, win the rebounding battle. Don't let somebody else outdo you at what you do best. Take care of business in those three facets. It is literally impossible to lose this game. I don't see how you could possibly lose a game if you do those three things. And you have to really protect your home court at some point. You know, you yeah. got to really take advantage of games where you have, you know, the the crowd behind you and you're playing a team that you are by the metrics better than. Obviously, they have two big wins, but mm-hmm. um you are by the metrics better than them. And if you are able to if you're going to make any noise and really get to the big, get to the NCAA tournament, like Seth Greenberg said, you have to win this game because this game is a game. It's not a gimme, of course. You know, we just talked about how much parity there is in the Big Twelve. But if there's any game that is close enough, other than Oklahoma State, like, and I'm saying, sorry, it's not a gimme. But you, your your metrics are better than this this team, and we'll see how they play against West Virginia because that's another one we've got coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. soon but you should win this game uh i don't want to make it a must win let's let's make it a should win you should win this game at home on the road uh we've seen uc lose on the road at ucf before things happen whatever you should win this game at home no offense yeah. to ucf no offense to johnny dawkins who was on the hot seat and somehow coached his way off the hot seat even though ucf fans did not want that to happen <laughs> i'm all good with that they they can have all the football success or whatever, let their basketball program be bad. Um, they've held their own, you know, of course, like I said, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think you just got to take care of business on Saturday. Yeah. I got, I, I'm going to throw this out there. It's just a, a little bait for some UCF fans here who might be listening. Shout out to you. If you are happy to have you here. I don't think anybody would take away a win at home against number two, Kansas, the, the vibes are just electric. You can't beat that. But if that number two win against Kansas turned into a three year extension for Johnny Dawkins, would you, or would you not get rid of that win? I must know. I must know because I am really curious if this is going to be their guy to do it. I have a lot of faith in a guy like Wes. I have a lot of faith in a good amount of these big 12 coaches. I don't have a lot of faith in Johnny Dawkins to keep it consistent. They're recruiting okay. I think they're doing a good job. I think they got a couple good guys on the roster, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy, and I am really curious to see how that you know turns out over the next few seasons. But however it goes, I think there is a lot of momentum for the Bearcats still, even after coming out of two losses. I think there's enough there that you just got to get right. And this is one of those games. You got to cement it, put it away. It is, 
I don't want to call it a take care of business game because then I'm going to eat my words, but it's a take care of business game. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You look at the schedule, you look at your winnable games, you look at the games that are going to be hard. If you have kept all of these other top 25 teams that are very clearly top 25 teams to a one or two possession game, UCF, you should be beating. I don't care if it's close. You should win. It's not what is the final score. It's however ugly it is, however beautiful it is, come out on top. And that's the goal. And that's the expectation. That's not, I don't think it's saying anything lightly because yes, a lot of teams can beat a lot of teams in this conference. You are further ahead than UCF is UCF is right now. I know they beat Kansas. I know they got all that, whatever they want to talk about. You are farther along as a program than UCF is right now. You have to beat them in this game. And that's simply all that has to be said about that. Um, I am doing a poor job for our first trial of using our docket on the side. I realized that I just forgot to move down. So if you are following along with us on video, you will see that we do have our topic board on the right of the screen. And we are moving along as we go. But there is one more topic at the end of our show, which we will now switch to, as you can see, right. I'm really bad at this, this mirroring right there. Steve, is it time to finish out this sequential, cohesive, more than 40-minute episode because we no longer avoid paying for Zoom because now we pay for, no free ads, something that we use. Steve, what do we got to round us out? All righty. Bearcat Sports wrap-up. First time back in a while. Shout out to all the Bearcat Sports that we do not spend 55 minutes talking about on the show they deserve your love and support just as much as any other team that is wearing the uniform so if you have a chance definitely go support them you know they deserve it uh, let's start off with the swimming team uh, both the men and women defeated crosstown rival norwood state this past weekend in a dual meet uh, men and women defeated them at home so shout out to the swimmers uh, we are next going to the indoor track uh, portion of the show, uh, <laughs> of the Bearcat Sports Wrap-Up. Uh, Tyler Worth and Oliver Myers' record-setting performances highlighted the University of Cincinnati track and field program's weekend at the Indiana Invitational inside the Gladstein Fieldhouse. That is How many times are we going to hear Tyler Worth on the Bearcat Sports Wrap-Up? My God! Maybe not too much more because he is a graduate student, but you know we're 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 trying. So um, the wrap up from Henry Lennart from GoBearcats.com says that one of the best distance runners in program history, worth continuing to solidify that claim, as he broke his own mile school record with a time of three minutes fifty nine seconds. Uh, his record time currently ranks fifth in the nation and joined BYU's Aiden Troutner. By the way, that is such a BYU name. Aiden Troutner. Come on. Aiden is already a great BYU name, but Aiden Troutner, that's just, you know, it's great. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, real, real fast. I, I know we're trying to run through this fast, but you're going to cut this up anyways. Did you say he ran like a sub four minute mile? 359.13, baby. Fuck, dude. I'd be lucky if I could run a 12 right now. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm uh, I'm not really four more about minutes? the running, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Three, uh, he, hey, that's Henry Bannister right there, and he's running for UC. So, uh, shout out to shout out to him. What joined now? BYU's Aiden Troutner as the only Big Twelve athletes to run a sub four minute mile this season. So good for him, man. 
only Bearcat in Dang. program history to ever run a sub four minute mile, and now has now accomplished the feat twice in his career as he originally broke the record last year. So good for him, man. This is wow. awesome. Congratulations. Um, that that is like that's definitely something we needed to talk about. Like you're achieving something that ninety nine point eight five percent of the population couldn't even sniff. That's incredible. Just amazing. Bearcat. Bearcats are winning everywhere. Bearcat. Man. Yep. Shout out to Tyler Worth. Uh, Bearcat. <laughs> uh, tennis. The, the women's team defeated Chicago State 4 nothing sweep and Southern Indiana in a 7 nothing sweep on Saturday afternoon. So shout out to them. Big win to start the indoor season. Keep stacking up those dubs. Uh, on Saturday, um, UC did unfortunately fall to West Virginia at home. Um, was held scoreless in the first quarter. Um, and there was the second consecutive game that West Virginia has done that. Um, West Virginia's women's team is really good this year. 16 and two, five and two so far in the big 12. Um, Bearcats drops that drops them to nine and eight overall and one and five, the big 12 with their win being over UCF. So hopefully we can get the men's and women's sweep this upcoming Saturday. Uh, Bearcats are wrapping up their two game homestand with, uh, Oklahoma State on Wednesday. Um, shout out to Cyclone Larry. Uh, go Pokes. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we will uh, – oh, I'm sorry. And that is our final sport of the night. So, again, shout out to all the all the sports that we don't spend enough time talking about on this show. I, I would implore anyone to go see these these athletes play because they put in just as much work, just as much sweat, blood, and tears as the guys we talk about every week. So shout out to all those athletes, man. Keep doing your thing. Oh, Steve, thank you so much for that Bearcat Sports wrap-up. That One quick thing I want to add, actually. Um, you know, we saw what Travis Kelsey did uh, as he was able to move on with his team to the AFC championship game. Uh, shout out to him. Unfortunately, he plays on the Chiefs, and we don't really like them in Bengals country. But I do want to shout out Jason Kelsey. He hasn't really said if he's retiring just yet, but did you see what he did? He uh, was screaming out shirtless out the window, and it wasn't inside the suite. It was outside in the elements, screaming shirtless, chugging beer, hopped out of the damn suite over a window and landed perfectly shaking hands on the ice. Yeah. On the ice ice. in Timmy's bro. Timmy's in gray sweatpants shirtless with a beanie. That is a bear cat right right there. I I said, I I tweeted that video. He's like, this man is a professional football player and he might be an even more professional beer drinker. And as a fellow beer guy, myself, shout out to that man. You know, that's, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, I don't know what we have to do to get Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey to just shotgun a Cincy light together. I really would love you guys to do it. Please, please hey, do it. But you know, what, you know when it can happen? Letterman's weekend, alumni weekend before the spring game. Maybe those guys will come back again. Maybe maybe Travis right. is too high profile now uh, to be drinking pitchers and woodies where he's just like, pouring it into his mouth and just like like do you remember that video yeah yeah just destroying a pitcher maybe he's too profile high profile to be doing stuff like that now but he's dating taylor swift now but if we can get him to start drinking cincy lights and uh have that go all the swifties that would buy cincy light justin god man 
I can just like, see the cash wow. flow. I can see the NIL. I can see the success of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Just it's right there at your fingertips. The jerseys were made. Just show up and make it happen, please. We want it. We're begging for it. Travis, Taylor, Jason, make it happen, please. I just say they do a commercial like the good old days, you know, uh, Get and then do the Cincy Light and I just watch the dollars pile up. So I'm Dude. sure B Fox has had this conversation with them. See, this is what I'm saying. If we can't have them just do it on their own, please. Jason, Travis, if you see this, at least sign up on Cameo and we'll pay you to do it. Just do it, man. That wraps up an hour and seven minutes of fantastic coverage. Personal biased, fantastic coverage of the Bearcats last week of information. It has been a loaded seven days. Bearcats had a tough stretch, but... They look to rebound, of course, against UCF. Again, giant win over TCU. Close losses against Oklahoma at home and Kansas on the road. But a lot to look forward to. A lot of basketball left to play. A lot of defensive coordinators to figure out where they're at, who they are, and if they exist. Keep watching your Cincy Sports, and uh, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Folks, Hope you enjoyed the new layout. I hope you keep in tune with our video. If you're not already, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Check us out on everything. We're all there. We're going to keep throwing some clips up and keep it fresh. So remember, from your friends over at the 1012 Network, from your friends over at Viva La Cats, from your friends at Charlie Hustle as well, go Bearcats. Cats by a milli. Cats by a zilly. I don't care what the number is. Cats get the dub. Let's get it this week. Viva the cats. Sports Social Podcast Network.